Welcome to the Books and Stuff podcast series. Krishna likes to read books, but Bala doesn't. Bala likes to write, but Krishna doesn't. They both love to talk. And so, Bala and Krishna decided to talk about what Krishna reads. And thus, the idea of recording their chatter was born. The two friends will discuss books they love. This series of podcasts is for busy people. People who'd love to learn about a book without having to read one. And maybe the podcast will inspire them to get their hands on a book that interests them. Feel free to leave your recommendations via social media or in the comment section below. Enjoy the Books and Stuff podcast. Hello and welcome everybody to the Books and Stuff podcast series. I am Bala Ramudurai, dialing in from Pune. We have Krishna on the other end as usual. Say hi, Krishna. Hi, guys. Big, big occasion for us. This is the 1-0, number 10 series. Number 10 Yay. of the series. Yay. <laughs> 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 We'd never have thought we would put a 1 after the 0, not before that. <laughs> There's a huge pat on the back for our team of tireless professionals, <laughs> aka you and me. You and me. <laughs> yeah, a guy voraciously reads, the other guy tirelessly listens, and that's that's the podcast for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's been a fun little series. We have have uh, we have had our variety even in this ten. So one one thing that uh, I really learned uh, is in this process is for me to how to read a book like I, I probably have been influenced a lot by how krishna reads a book reading a book was you know taking that book uh, absorbing it from cover to cover and then thinking about it maybe i will tell it to somebody else and that was it that's the end of that book uh, if it was an influential book for me then i would apply it and and then see the results of it maybe again talk to somebody but uh, you, Krishna, have actually made me think about how to read the book, as in think about the core idea and how, how is it all presented to us, How what is it that you can learn and apply in your own life. So I, I never thought of book reading that way. So thanks a lot for sharing all that uh, with me. It was fun. Yeah, glad, glad to keep this going. Uh, we'll see how. Um, I'm looking forward to the triple digit day. Maybe it's, uh, <laughs> maybe it's coming soon. <laughs> coming soon, yeah. 90 more yeah. and yes, we'll be yeah. there. Let's get started with the next book in the series. Krishna, give us a gist of what is this book and uh, why or why did you pick this particular book? The link for all our uh, regular listeners is the, the author of the book is somebody we've already talked about. Uh, we talked about the book, The Warren Buffett Way. Uh, it's written by the same guy. And I guess that's the link uh, that made me want to look at this book. Um, the book is titled Investing, The Last Liberal Art. Bala, as, as hardcore math engineering types, uh, I think it's worth for us to look at something like this because we know precious little about liberal arts and, uh, and I learned quite a bit from this book. So that's kind of the motivation to pick this book. For the, Speak for, for the yourself. I, I may know stuff about liberal arts. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should. I should. When I said precious little, what you what you know might be really precious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine. 
Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm as clueless as I was in our undergrad days. So uh, you're okay in assuming that. Yeah. So that okay. So that is the first link, and the second link, I guess, for for our listeners to hang their hat on would be the idea of Charlie Munger's uh, like lattice work of mental models. I think we've mentioned it a few times in different contexts. You know, the idea of being a gen- generalist, knowing a little bit about a lot of different things. I know in uh, growing up, you know, that was actually uh, not something that people. Uh, said was a good thing like i remember saying you know be take one thing and do it very well don't be like a little bit here a little bit there you know like that i mean my thinking on this has changed over the years like now i realize like there is a lot you can learn from different disciplines and you don't have to be just because you you're specializing in one thing doesn't mean you don't you have to completely ignore other disciplines in fact if you do that that's a bad thing and that's kind of the theme of the book so the book is about it speaks to investing but i think you can make generalist if you think about the different disciplines uh, starting from uh, physics biology sociology psychology philosophy literature math uh, everything has some generic concepts that uh, that are useful to you in life and and the second part is very important you don't need to spend that much time in each to get those basic ideas like you don't have to be a mathematician to get enough out of math that is useful in your life so that's kind of the overall theme of the book i've heard of this t shaped personality which is you know being a generalist on many topics so you could be into technology you could be into business you could be into arts so many things but in general you are you are a certain a certain specialization in a particular field so i've always heard this t shaped personality we could think of it and since we are we are used to this in engineering you can think of think of it as where is the marginal returns on your time going to come from is it from learning a little bit more of your specialist uh, subject or is it learning a little bit more of something outside right like you know personally i i would advise people to say hey you're already good at you know this technical thing why don't you just take a class on presentation skills because that small investment will actually make a huge difference to a person right uh, versus they can sit and learn yet yet another computer language but that's not going to make that much of a difference to them so that's kind of the t i think the point you're making with the t shaped is like if you're if you're looking like an i just adding a little bit on the top completely changes your profile right the standard question for me is if people are in a hurry and they have only 5 minutes and they want to know what this book is all about what is the core idea of this book and what what do we take take away from that knowing something in one subject could is actually super important for investing like so knowing something in a field and and I'm going to just randomly pick you know I, I listed a few fields I'm going to uh, start with philosophy okay so uh, philosophy is not something most of us think of as a required study for being an investor you know you think of finance you think of business you think of accounting but you don't think of philosophy as important even though everybody kind of knows that you know you got to philosophy teaches you how to think Uh, so that would be an interesting field so the way the book is structured he says okay core core ideas you can learn from every discipline and he goes through discipline by discipline so there's a chapter on mathematics there's a chapter on philosophy there's a chapter on sociology uh, and i can uh, i can probably say that there's probably five or six little things in each chapter that you can put in your tool bag uh, if you will of uh, mental models so I'll, i'll give you one like example would be 
he he talks about in fact i won't start with philosophy philosophy will spend a like a whole question on it hopefully he he talks <laughs> about base theorem okay so this is probability uh, the idea that how you think about probability changes with additional information it's a very unintuitive concept it's a very difficult concept for people who haven't spent a lot of time thinking about math and probability and statistics you probably remember this game that you make a choice like three doors and you make a choice and uh, after you make a choice the other person opens one of the doors to show that you know the price is not behind the door and then you you're asked to either stick to your original choice or switch right i don't know if you've heard of that game um, yeah 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 so it is a it's a game where switching always is the right choice but even after all after engineering degree when somebody presented this to me it wasn't immediately obvious to me that i should switch you know i kept saying hey when you start probability of getting it right is one third and nothing has changed your probability is still one third right that's what i kept thinking but then now it is clear to me that when the guy opens the door he's actually giving you more information he's actually eliminating one of the choices and now the probability of it being the the door that you've not picked is actually higher it's actually two thirds this is it being the probability of the door that you actually started with right that's a very counterintuitive concept but anybody who knows bayes theorem knows that what matters is the conditional probability given that he's given you more information so statistically you can prove it that if you play this game multiple times you know if you switch you'll win two thirds of the time uh, if you don't switch you'll only win one third of the time so that's i'll stop right there you know that is a concept that doesn't take much math to learn but it takes some thinking and some practice to understand and then it's something that you obviously apply in investing because in, in investing you intuitively apply this but then to actually say hey what has changed and how does it affect the conditional probability of what i'm betting on that's a typical example of what this book is about so you have like i, I want to say maybe four or five concepts per discipline that they throw at you and for that reason i think this book is worth the time because it's i mean it's not such a big book it's like it probably takes you a week to read the book and you get so many of these tiny concepts providing you can apply them or at least find the opportunities where they are relevant it's good to have them in your tool bag hmm. so when you said investing i assumed that you're going to tell me about how to pick stocks and how to play in the game how to deal with money what we saw with similar we saw with the earlier book right his earlier book was about okay warren buffett did this and i think it's a good idea that you should do it too yeah, with your yeah. money and here on this it seems to be like a diametrical i mean i am not diametrically opposite view i i get the spirit yeah. of it but i'm trying i'm still trying to see okay investment is uh, th- this is similar to the the poker champion uh, book that you read and we had the uh, had one episode yeah, on yeah. that uh, this is very similar to that, that the it, flavor yeah. of that in terms of no, it is it is life. true like you know it is you go back to the title of the book he calls investing as the last liberal art because investing is a combination of science and art right if it was purely science then yeah it would be over right like it's 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 pretty easy the formulas are pretty easy how you value a company you know we talked about it you know cash flows discount rate all of that is just simple algebra and then you you apply some opinions on top of it but at the end of the day you can easily generate an algorithm to do it but investing unfortunately is not that easy because it's a the markets are dynamic system they are like a you know an adaptive they call it a, a complex adaptive system where it's not clear to model it like it's nobody can model how the market is if they could the, that then by definition the, it is 
the problem is already solved which makes it important to apply a lot of different models of thinking to get incrementally better at it because the rewards of getting incrementally better are super high right the, the good stock pickers are right only two thirds of the time or less and that's all you need you need to be right two thirds of the, of the time and you'll make quite a bit of money but if you increase your percentage from 55% hit rate to 60% that's a huge increase in wealth creation and that, so that's all we're trying to do we're saying you know what all can i do to improve my thinking it's not that buffett doesn't do these things it's not like buffett doesn't understand these things in fact buffett says that he's never ever opened up an excel sheet to model any company and he's the best investor in the world uh, <laughs> he said most of what he needs to calculate he can do it on a napkin right because wow. he's spending most of his time thinking about the business thinking about what thinking about the ideas around what works over the long run and they're all philosophical ideas to some extent and they're all ideas about probability what do i know given what i know what's the likelihood that this this works out and hence how much money should i bet since we're going along that line i also mentioned this uh, thing called the this formula called the kelly criterion uh, kelly was again one of those mathematicians who focused on games you know most of probability as you know it started off trying to help people who play games of chance right so in fact uh, the first idea of i think uh, probability came because they had this issue in france uh, this was like 300 years ago this is the time of pascal where they used to play these games of chance maybe like ludo or some kind of dice game and the game would be incomplete and they were they, they were tired and they want to retire for the night uh, they had to split the pot and they didn't know how to do it because the game is not over there's no clear winner so the uh, concepts around probability started by people asking the question given where the game is right now what is the probability of each person to win and hence how much money should we give them like if we're drawing the game right now so that's kind of the origin of all of this so a lot of it has to do with uh, games of chance and kelly criteria was one of those and and the and the concept of kelly criteria was okay given what i know about probabilities given a total amount of money that i have so let's say i go to play a game i only have you know i don't know 1000 rupees i can play this game so many times probability of winning is 55% let's say should i bet 100 dollars or should i i mean 100 rupees or should i bet a 50 rupees how do you come up with that number to maximize my total winnings before i go bankrupt right so that is kelly criterion and a lot of investors actually take that formula uh, make some modifications and use that as a mental model to decide how much to invest right it's quite easy to say hey this these are the stocks that you should own but if your portfolio is i don't know 1 lakh rupees how much money should you put in this stock how much should you put in different stock those decisions again go back to some simple formulas that have been developed i mean i'm just throwing another example from math for you it goes across the range even professionals use a lot of these soft ideas from different disciplines to influence how they behave actually uh, this reminds me of one of my friends is taking a course on uh, stochastic methods uh, he applies that to find weightages that could be applied and based on your, perf- your portfolio performance you decide okay uh, this is the sort of thing that's happening and i should make this decision accordingly yeah i wasn't quite sure what he meant by that said probably more examples would help me but i think this is also going along the same lines you know apply different models mentally and and see where things are going uh, and then make your decision based on that yeah after all it's it's how sports are played and and a whole bunch of things actually are like this that the more you 
play the more be- better you get at it you learn from it and then you apply it and and stock investing is uh, probably no different from from any of the other skills that you and i probably have learned in the past one thing i didn't quite get from from your core idea is so this is math that he had applied so he has demonstrated that that's one thing is the book actually talk about many such ideas many such disciplines and rolled into yeah. how it actually ties to your investing uh, how how does yeah. it, how is it structured and how is progress really the book is pretty yes very simple format it's an intro and a conclusion and in the middle you have chapters for each of the subjects i mentioned so there's uh, physics there's psychology biology sociology philosophy mathematics so each one goes into a little bit of history so we we already talked about math so maybe i'll mention philosophy next so philosophy for example in philosophy like a good example like i guess a good point to start is he talks about this austrian philosopher called wittgenstein so his core idea there is that words words actually create meaning how you describe something will influence how you will explain a process or how you will predict the future so words are extremely important that is like the core message for him and he he brings it out with this example he he draws a triangle on a sheet of paper he says this triangle there's like so many different ways of describing this you can think of it as a triangular hole solid triangle random geometrical drawing something standing on its base hung from its apex a mountain as a wedge you can think of it as an arrow pointing right left up half a parallelogram and i think if you and i if you just keep going we can probably think of it and describe it in a million different ways and at the end of the day it's just three lines on a paper he comes up with this idea that how you describe and what words use use immediately change your thinking and the minute i sh- i draw the triangle on the board and you're like let's say i'm in front of a class and i call it a mountain people just can't get that out of their head like they will just continue thinking of it as a mountain because we're so good at it. at visualizing nice nice uh and this so, so this idea like you know he applies this idea in the book to a stock okay think about amazon in 1999 uh, think about it's the same set of data the same set of publicly available information people took it some people said hey it's a money losing bookseller the internet is unproven it's a multiple for a stock that's losing money so fast and most other tech businesses are going bankrupt it's just a matter of time for amazon completely perfectly valid way to describe it turns out it was wrong so what did the bulls say about it they said hey it's much more than a money losing bookseller it's creating this huge moat around itself it's building this huge supply chain network all of those were negatives if you think about it because you're spending so much money but they actually ended up being super positive that description changes how you saw the stock it doesn't matter what numbers you put on the spreadsheet that story you're telling yourself is so important and that's that's a concept that comes from philosophy is that okay if i'm an investor in this i have to stop and say wait a minute i can't put an uh, there's no sense in me putting any numbers here like i got to first get the story right and i got to be very clear to me myself that this is the story i'm telling that i'm calling this a pa- half a parallelogram where maybe you know it's a mountain like who knows it's just a mental model again it it seems obvious to you like most philosophical things those are obvious to you but sometimes all you need to do as an investor is just stop and think uh, of or this is like the meta process like think about what are you actually describe how are you actually describing this and hence how is your thinking affected 
So that's an example from philosophy. That's neat because with the stocks in mind, when there's a bear run, stocks are losing value in the market. Then people can think of it in two ways. One is, oh my God, I'm losing my money going downhill from here. Uh, there's no, I mean, there's no reprieve from that. Uh, it, it's going to go doomsday very, very quickly. So that's the uh, conclusion that people uh, jump to. The other way of looking at it is, hey, wait a second. These are great stocks at a discount price. This is what the Warren Buffett way is, right? So right, right. great stocks at great value. I'm going to buy it. Right. And when it comes up, who guess who's going to make a lot of money? So it's the same, absolutely the same piece of information. One uh, set of audience looks at it from a fact that it's going down. Yeah. And the other set actually looks as if it is a great time to buy stocks. You know, yeah. you should take your shopping bags and start uh, buying. In fact, my mental model is uh, limited to two. That's why I'm describing these two people. I'm sure there are myriads of other people who are looking at it from completely different philosophy yeah. Uh, yeah. perspectives and, and looking at the market from a various uh, thing saying, oh, this is the pulse of the, the nation and I, I'm able to see it. So the same, absolutely the same reality, but viewed from other various perspectives, actually enlightening yourself with the fact that there are many other perspectives is really yeah. helpful. I, I, I kind of like what you talked about, the triangle. There's a little exercise that anybody who's listening to this can also do, is take any object uh, that you see in front of your uh, eyes. I have a visiting card in front of me. Just keep that and take about, uh, set a timer for yourself, five minutes and write down as many uses as you can uh, with yeah. this everyday object in the next five minutes. Watch yourself, after, what you do after certain times, what happens. So it's a very interesting uh, self-awareness exercise. I do that in class sometimes when, when things are going a little low on energy and I try to pep them up using this exercise. It's, it's fantastic. It's just, yeah. uh, you can clearly see the patterns in every class I've observed that first five minutes people are like writing like crazy because these are all well-known established mental models uh, coming from your database. You keep writing, oh, card can uh, tell me information. It can show this. I can uh, do this. And then there's, you're stuck because that's, that's the end of your known mental models. Now, you're, after that, you're whine and groan. You look around. You start even thinking about past and, and everything like that. And then slowly, you start moving to... Now, let me maybe uh, tear this up, maybe burn it up, maybe do this. And then a few more ideas, next next wave sort of hits in. And then there's a pause again. And then there's another one. So it, it goes and it's very interesting to observe yourself. So I would uh, strongly recommend uh, people to do this exercise. So I, I really liked it. So Bala, I really like what you said there about people, you know, they go fast and get something on the paper, but then they slow. Then after a while they stop because they run out of their typical mental models and then they have to actually stop and think something different it kind of reminds me of this uh, system one system two thinking idea from danny kahneman like he's uh, we might have talked about him he he, he wrote a book called thinking fast and slow uh, it sounds very similar to that uh, in fact uh, here's a fun problem for our listeners this is an example of a problem where pretty simple math problem but most people immediately like their system one answer probably will be wrong but if they slow down, they'll see what the right answer is. Uh, a bat and a ball costs a dollar ten cents. The bat costs a dollar more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? 
Okay, I won't give the answer. Like, let, I'll leave it to the listeners to just figure it out themselves. This is a problem. I this and you know a couple of other problems like this were given to college students. I think the first year students at like the Ivy League schools, and I mean these are people who were like 800 SATs and like the top of their class, right? And a vast majority of them got these problems wrong because they were all under time pressure and they were. they were used to getting everything right fast right instead of being the slow thinkers who actually are able to read behind the lines so so it's a very interesting thought though that uh, a lot of uh, big progress and deep insight actually comes when you slow down and when you exhaust your typical mental models another thought comes to me is that i found that people when they are tired seem to come up with really good ideas brilliant ones Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah. Uh, people who are naysayers to some ideas that come their way saying, "Oh, this is too difficult," but this cannot happen. That cannot happen. Just tire yeah. them out, and then at the end of them, <laughs> ask them the same question. They will come up with a brilliant, just out of the box thinking idea. I I don't know oh. what it is. Uh, maybe it's because you're tired that you're not able to think straight, and so you have to give some answer, and you want to get rid of this, and you. It forces them out of the box. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Now your uh, Kahneman problem. I heard of, heard of this uh, problem before. Uh, my instinct is to take the uh, pencil and paper and write an equation and solve that. But I, I refrain from doing that. It's a thinking problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, great. This is amazing. Maths, philosophy. We covered anything. Any uh, brilliant sparks from the other disciplines that you mentioned? The one idea from sociology was the idea of linking how ant colonies behave. Right. Like uh, the idea of ants searching for food, and then eventually ants figure out the shortest paths to the food. each one can't really do it but when a colony of ants get together they if an ant gets to the food and on its way back as along the path it secretes pheromones and other ants figure it out and then by trial and error over a period of time people have observed how that like a hundred different ant paths to the food uh, eventually turn into one shortest path right that concept he's uh, he's brought brought out and he he looks at network effects you know and things like you know google search and stuff like that you know make that link uh, it was it was interesting to me as a mental model you know thinking about uh, how things will evolve but i still haven't been able to connect it you know to to more relevant cases so but that's uh, in sociology apparently this is called emergent behavior how systems self organize when in a self organizing system as long as there is diversity there will be emergent behavior you can actually Uh, understand and to some extent predict what's going to happen you can make a an easy investing analogy so for example you have all these if you go to fairs you'll have like uh, gumballs in a big jar and people will be asked to guess how many are in the jar and usually the average of a thousand people guessing gets very close to the the real answer right you could say you know that's the wisdom of the crowd you know everybody gets together there is a diverse opinion on what that number is you get close to the number but then you look at markets there's like hysteria there's like mass behavior right? there's time when people sell everything and exit and there's time when people buy everything up to an insane levels so you you can make the argument hey you just said you just told me that when people get together there's emergent behavior and people find the shortest path but that is not what happens in markets and the difference between the two is the is the idea of diversity right so in the ant colony there is actually true diversity because each ant just as its own thing and it's guided a little bit by the pheromones so over time the behavior actually optimizes same thing in the 
uh, if you take the example of the gumballs each one has to put put its put its number independent of what everybody else is done only then the average gets close to reality but in markets that doesn't happen right people look at prices when the prices are going down everybody actually reacts to what is actually happening in the market like people prices are going down i have to sell and get out it's what he said earlier it's their mental model is oh everything is going to go to zero so i'm going to get out or everything is going to go to the moon and i got to get on so that divergent behavior is lost you have inefficient markets right so this idea comes from sociology but you can i, I mean i have to think a little bit more but you can probably think about each individual investing situation and say hey is there diversity of opinion here is there uh, which which means it's more likely to get to an equilibrium closer to reality or is this just mass hysteria in which case you know i either step back and wait or i make a anti consensus bet because now is the time to do that so again that's an example from sociology for you there is merit to this even in the stock market i was thinking about it as ben graham talks about mr market he says mr market is very irrational uh, in the short run but right. he is very rational in the long run when you look at our typical day it seems frantic right you're running from pole to pillar you're make trying to i mean there is a sort of dance to it a, a rhythm to it but it takes a long while to figure this rhythm out but usually it seems as oh how is your day oh chaotic that's the answer usually but if yeah. you zoom out and you look at a year's perspective you can actually see that there is a nice little pattern to the whole thing and and every year is pretty similar like lots of respects over a decade of even longer periods it, uh, there is a certain pattern to it stock market also you can often look at stock prices say within a day then i'm i'm like wow this is chaos this is like mayhem and then you look at a six month window things seem less chaotic but yes still there is that evidence that this is not a rational system yeah uh, it doesn't go efficiently but then fun starts when you go to the 5 year or the 10 year view and then you look at it saying wait a second there seems to be some trend there seems to be some kind of uh, line that i could draw which my little brain can understand yeah. my thinking is it's probably that emerging uh, behavior the anthill analogy i really liked it but i think it's it's that right uh, when when is when somebody goes through a dark alley and says it's too dark in there dangerous don't go there rest of us avoid going there but yeah. wait a second that that's actually a great piece of land that one should buy that realization comes probably 10 days 20 days down the line after people figure out that actually it's not as such a strange alley it's it's it is one of the earlier properties which uh, sold out good now that it's run into bad times it's like that so that's actually yeah. a pocket of gold there so right. i would say that uh, it's probably emerging behavior also but maybe when you have your nose too close to the market it seems like it's chaotic erratic like yeah, like yeah. life is what my my rational to that whole thing is what from what you yeah, yeah no it's because market gives you feedback it does the price mm-hmm. whereas the the ant in that example doesn't get much feedback it all all it gets is by random it happens to hit on a pheromone driven path it will follow it otherwise it will just keep going right so it's actually truly random with only some some adjustments to the market versus like in your example you're looking at the price every day that now there's another concept here which is the psychology concept of the loss aversion where when you see stock is oh, going yeah. down you just react you just cannot not react to it like you you will feel the pain and when the you see it going up you'll you'll get some positive 
feelings, but the 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 sum to sum of all positives are much lower than the sum of all negatives. So even if the stock oh, yeah. is done well for you on a daily basis, you're taking these little little pin tricks that add up to quite a lot. So I guess to your point, uh, the way to look do it is not even look at stock prices, uh, except in monthly, quarterly, early interval, even like. Uh, in fact, there's a there's a funny study where they took the biggest, best performing stocks of history, right? Like stocks like GE at one point in time, and uh, you know Coca Cola, all those names, and they realized that the only person who's the, the person who's made the most returns on the stocks is the person who forgot that they own it. <laughs> that, you know, like, like this, like, like the little coffee can. They call it the coffee can portfolio because this is like grandma. Bought like the like grandpa bought like ten shares in ten different companies. They put it in a coffee can, and grandma didn't know about it. And then now they took it after sixty years, and you know nine <laughs> stocks have gone to zero, and one of them is Coca Cola, and like Coca Cola is worth like a billion times or whatever. Like it's uh, uh, and grandma didn't know she was sitting on it, so she never bothered. But imagine if grandma checked the price every day, she would have like. Uh, been scared out of that stock at some point for sure like, <laughs> and then she would have said she would have gone and talked to you know consultants and they would have said oh my god you're oh, like you're you have like overexposed to like coca cola or to the beverage industry and how can you do this <laughs> and, and they would have made us sell like long time ago <laughs> uh, i i remember one of my friends also had had a piece of paper in his pocket and yeah. i asked him what it was i thought he had forgotten to mail the letters and this is in 2004 or 5 when mail mailing still was around i asked him what the piece of paper was he said it's a bunch of shares i said wow in this age you have shares which have paper in it and there's no demat or anything he said no i found them while i was cleaning my attic or something and i i just wanted to get rid of it then i realized that it's actually worth a lot of money and i'm going to the yeah. bank <laughs> i yeah. said dude you're carrying a lot of cash in your pocket it's as close as and everybody can see it i found it i mean even if i lost it it doesn't mean anything to me because yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't even there so i have a real coke can story <laughs> yeah, yeah i think my dad has mentioned like having a few reliance shares from oh, i don't know when wow and then he uh, i think when dmat happened he kind of sold it but i was like uh, huh. probably would have done well if he had stuck with it i don't uh-huh. know like this is like 80s when they had to apply for these debentures and oh, yeah, to go and stand in line and get yeah, some yeah it's like that over yes yeah this book it's gets got a lot of these tidbits it's ideal for a discussion like ours i realized that you can kind of open a page and find something and then start talking about it that's the kind of book and so going back to this thing some books i would say you don't need to read but this book is worth skimming through at least and, huh, okay. uh, because you'll find a lot of new things so there's no order to this that you have to start from page 1 go here write notes do this no i mean i even no. if there's an order you know me like i never go by the order like i usually start with the content that's one thing i learned the, from you <laughs> yeah <laughs> to the content the con- content conclusion maybe introduction and then <laughs> oh yes okay my closest analogy is uh, three men in a boat uh, jerome k jerome that oh, yeah. I, i i that's probably one book i'll never loan to anyone you open the book in at random you pick a page and uh, read and it's still funny i mean there's no oh yeah what happened yeah. before i should read it you should you should I, it's it's yeah, yeah. i forgot about it yeah so you pick 
completely random pick up page you read it you i i can bet you'll be laughing rolling on the floor and uh, yeah. it's hilarious so i kind of like that so that you can actually pick up something anywhere you read it and it doesn't have to be logically coherent but i'm sure there's a idea behind it saying that if you're investing serious about it as with arts i mean arts you just don't sit and say okay today i'm going to make a masterpiece it's just a ongoing yeah. process you keep learning you're doing something you're, you're doing that it, that gets captured in your art i yeah. I, i can see why it's called the uh, last liberal art yeah in fact so, I, i'm going to preempt the question that you'll ask like oh uh, man if, if you <laughs> if you are uh, going to talk to him and you know, or if you get to talk to him what are you going to ask him I, i really think this idea that you can learn a little bit about a lot of disciplines i'm like really fascinated by that idea and this book is a good start but i'm just thinking i would totally buy it if you wrote a second book to say okay let's go one more level deep in all of these 10 fields because all of us can read two books on across these 10 fields like that's not a big deal like it's not it's not like i mean if you told me Hey, go and read these ten books on philosophy. It's never going to happen. But if you if you give me like another chapter on philosophy, I'll surely read it. Right? That would be kind of my request for him. Is like, okay, if you had to do that, what kind of topics would you pick in math, physics, in biology, in sociology, in all of these things? But what are the top ten concepts you sh- you need to know? For example, one concept is this idea of critical mass. Right? You we are very familiar with it in engineering. It's a concept in physics, in biology that. you know big things can happen as soon as critical mass is reached you know you think about oh yeah turning point huh? new yeah nuclear science you know we talk about you know the last last hay that broke the camel's back you know that kind of idea similar ideas right across the sciences across philosophy and other social disciplines that would be good to create a running list of them and just like learn about them little bit in like piecemeal so that it does not like too uh, too difficult that you'd never get to do that's kind of what i feel like the next step it should be and i'm particularly think about philosophy because that's the part that i'm most interested in here thank you so much for uh, preempting my question making my job a lot easier than it is <laughs> this is a lot of fun um, looks like this book is a good read and you've given us a very very uh, uncharacteristic way in which we did this is and i guess it reflects on the book that there is no proper way to read this and apply it and 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 learn from it and not not that kind of stuff but it's talking about a very serious topic investing where money is involved people really spend sleepless nights also about thinking about this but it's more about life in general and and, and how do you yeah. deal with it So yeah. very very interesting thank you so much for this I'm glad you mentioned the life part like like maybe we can leave the listeners with this thought the next time you're confused about something upset about something excited about something just remember the triangle to see you know how are you looking at the triangle it might not change how you feel but it might change your perspective over the long run of how you should be thinking about it mm. let's leave them with that uh, you know really high minded thought <laughs> very high minded for our podcast but let's let's leave it at that Yep. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay, thank you so much everyone. All right, thank uh, you everybody. So far and uh, thanks Krishna for uh, introducing this book to me and to all of us. See you in the next episode. Yeah, loved it. Thank you. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Bye. If you liked the podcast and found it useful, please feel free to share the link via your favorite social media platform. To recommend an interesting book for our next discussion, please leave us a comment. See you next time.